Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is on the phone lines with me. Check out all of our stories at themichiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. In May, got lots of lots of recruiting. Uh, that's what this podcast is going to be mostly about. We'll have a football-focused podcast later on this week, but uh, it's, a, it's a recruiting weekend, you know, and, and we were just talking before this before we started recording, J.J. McCarthy, uh, I don't think he technically has a five-star because he's a 2021 recruit, but a quarterback, uh, number two quarterback in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, and he pledged to the Wolverines on Saturday, uh, would would project, supposing he stayed where he is, to be Michigan's first five-star quarterback recruit. Obviously, Shea Patterson doesn't count. First five-star recruit since Ryan Mallett in 2007. Uh, so Steve, we can just jump right in. Um, you know, we were mentioned this is this is a big recruiting win. I know, I know they his offer list. You know, he was almost too young to have some of the offers, but um, you know, ranked 19th in the country in the class. A lot of things can change, but you can go look at the film. We posted it on our site. Uh, there's there's a lot to like with him. Yeah, this was a big one. Uh, no goes kind of goes without saying at this point. I think uh, just about every analyst on our network dropped a note on the message board yesterday after this <laughs> commitment. Always a good indicator that Michigan got a, a high-quality prospect. Yeah, it's early. Uh, you know, 2021 starting to take off a little bit. But quarterback, and I know Barton, you, you spoke with Barton yesterday. I think, uh, you know, he'll be on in a little bit. You know, but I, I oh, yes, the idea sorry, that, sorry. Yes, I should say yeah. we do have an interview. I meant to say that at the beginning. We do have an interview with Barton Simmons coming up. Uh, it's about 10 minutes. We'll get his thoughts. He's the director of scouting for 24-7 Sports, so he's got a really good national perspective. Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, no, that's a, I'm glad I mentioned it. Uh, but having a, an elite QB as one of your kind of a, an early commit to, as part of your class, I think um, – I've never been big on like the whole recruits recruiting, recruiting other recruits <laughs> thing because I just I think at the end of the day most guys 95 99% of them make the decision they should go to the school that they just like the most mm-hmm. but I do think that some it can pique the interest of elite guys to play with an elite player and I think the quarterback position is the one that lends itself to that idea the most where it's like you know maybe some receivers you know who recognize how talented McCarthy is think that they maybe want to play with this guy at the next level because of how you know he can get him the football right so (laughs) um and again so that remains to be seen but and I thought you know I knew the right when we came out with our new rankings which was like last month you know, is that Michigan had set themselves up well with a lot of big-time guys in this class. I mean, you got two top 100s to begin. I think that's more than they signed in 18. Yes, yes it is. Already, right? Yep. So, you, you can't go wrong there. Um, they're in with a bunch of guys early. Uh, there's an eternity to go two full seasons on the field uh, that can change some of these deals. We know how that goes sometimes. Uh, but overall... I mean, this is one of the bigger commitments Michigan's gotten in a while. I don't really care if he's young or not. I mean, this is a he, – he'd be a highly ranked player in the 2020 class, I feel like. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with that in mind, 
you know, as I think this was a pretty big one for the staff. It's been like, it's been a while since they've gotten a verbal. Like, if just in general, like, it feels like it's been a while, uh, period, you know, and maybe longer than it usually is in between commitments. So, you know, there's that part of it, too. You know, and I do think whether he's a 2021, but I do think May, June, ripe time for some 2020s who are, like, I think we talked about this before, but a ripe time for some 2020s who may want to end the process. You know, so this, again, the whole momentum thing, I don't really buy that either. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is just, like, history just says that this time of the year may yield some verbal commitments. And and so this may get the proverbial ball rolling uh, just factually, not that McCarthy committing is going to, like, make another kid speed up his timeline and commit. So, uh, yeah, again, all things said, this is probably about the best possible start to a class that you could have. Mm-hmm. You have a top 100 o- lineman in that in that class in Elhadi, who I still think is a guy who can rise. Uh, I know Alan True loves him. You know, I've seen him a couple times now. And then obviously, like I said, McCarthy, who yeah, he's not a five star, but that's only because we have it. Like the five star deal is more on the rating side of things. I, I you know yeah, we watch his film. I've watched his film plenty of times. I watched it when Michigan first offered. Uh, it's just hard not to see him being a five-star prospect when all is said and done. Uh, he's, his game film is, is excellent. So, you know, again, that's not a guarantee. I don't know. You know, maybe he ends up as, like, the 33rd-ranked player and he's a four-star, you know, and then, oh, no. But <laughs> I think he's I think he's a five-star level prospect either way. So, And whether he's the most talented that Michigan's recruited since Harbaugh got there, I think his – I mean, here's no doubt his – his sophomore film is better than anybody else they've recruited, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so there's that. So, so yeah, it's kind of hard to understate it, even though it is early. But it's the other thing, last thing I'd say is most of the time, most of the time, uh, quarterbacks usually stay committed. I think it's one of the lower. As long as I, the I coaches, you know. as the coaches, as long as there's no drama yes. with the coaches. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But with, but it, and at that, with, for a quarterback, I think it's more of a Harbaugh thing. I think if Harbaugh stays, I don't think it'll matter too much what assistants come and go, especially with a guy with his arm talent. It's not like Josh Gaddis needs to be there for J.J. McCarthy to become a big-time quarterback. Well, and if uh, Josh Gaddis you know, leaves, think, do you not think Michigan would continue to try to find somebody similar to him? Like, I feel like there's been a real shift. Like, I feel like that's what they want. Recruiting? Well, I think that's what they want. I think they want a Gaddis-type offense, and whether it's Gaddis or somebody else like it's not like it's not like it could only be Gaddis so yeah regarding decommitting they'd probably want to wait and see who it is but it probably would be someone else who they would like you know someone like McCarthy um right yeah absolutely and like you know there's the speed and space it's like Michigan does not have to like it's not a situation where they're they were going to start recruiting like dual threat quarterbacks exclusively i mean that was the whole thing like i remember when rodriguez got hired people forgot that like he set a ton of passing records at tulane with sean king as his quarterback who was a stand in the pocket quarterback it it wasn't like every guy that he ran his offense through was like denard robinson i think the same logic applies here where it's like you still just want to get the guy that you think is the best quarterback uh it doesn't have to be a certain style per se mccarthy can move around a little bit yeah, I'm not saying he's like a John Navarre or something like that. 
you know, but but he's not like your classic. He's not like a Kyler Murray, which there's no, there aren't many Kyler Murrays, but you get what I'm saying. The difference between he's a, he, he looks a lot like Patterson, right? He won't. Yeah, yeah, I he, think there's some similarities there for sure. And I know he's uh, modeled his game after where he studied Patterson. You know, I think Sam did something on that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, there is that. I, I don't know if he's quite as run heavy potentially as patterson is but I, I don't know i mean he could be we'll see but either way <laughs> i feel uh, like half his highlight film was the offensive line scrambling. breaking down yeah. him running in a yeah. giant circle and then completing a 40 yard pass and and by the way i mean you know and barton point points this out later on in the podcast so we don't want to undermine what he says too much but uh, uh the kid threw for 3500 yards 39 touchdowns and threw four picks and completed 77 percent of his passes um I mean, that, 77 is that's high for insane. high school yeah <laughs> yeah 77 is one of you know that's one of the higher numbers i can remember uh for a guy who i don't know how great the competition he plays is i don't think it's anything to scoff at though i think it's pretty solid uh, i mean he won a state title so at some point he was facing right. good teams um playing somebody at least in the playoffs so. yeah um so i have a question because and I, I actually this did come from a listener uh, who who DM'd me, but um, his offer list. I mean, I know it's early. I guess what? Did, how did Michigan secure this commitment when the other suitors were Northwestern and Wisconsin, as opposed to I don't know. Notre Dame seems like a natural team that would pursue. I know Ohio State took a commitment from somebody else. I mean, what did what did Michigan do well here to get him to say, "Yep, I'm going to Michigan," kind of before the the you know 30 or whatever offers that naturally come in for players like this i mean what how did they get him so early and and is there anything to read into regarding some nearby schools not offering him no i mean Notre dame kind of they took tyler buchner or buckner or whatever uh pretty early random story about him he's a top 100 guy he was actually originally committed to play lacrosse at michigan Uh, yeah so for a while i actually thought maybe he'd be the guy that michigan would hone in on because he obviously had been to campus and must have liked what he saw to commit to play lacrosse there but um and then you know well so a lot of times quarterbacks traditionally commit a little bit earlier than other positions yep i looked it up um michigan's qbs under harbaugh at least the ones that like i'm not counting gentry and malzone the other ones they committed an average of 9.8 months out from signing day. <laughs> Great number. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I uh, With him, though, it's kind of funny. Go back before any crystal balls came in. As a matter of fact, I think there was a crystal ball in it for Ohio State at the time. Uh, I had posted that I had a hunch that Michigan was really, really going to impress. Uh, I think Michigan had a hunch that McCarthy, his family, and his camp would like what they experienced at Michigan. Uh, that panned out, you know, and, and plays. And I think Nazareth Academy is a private school. That Michigan, you know, that's the thing. Michigan does well with those kind of guys. Uh, the, the, you know, those are the ones they have to battle, like a Notre Dame or a Stanford for. And you know, I, obviously, it helps that both Ohio State and Notre Dame had verbal commitments at right. quarterback. My, but my response to that is. Cares. I, I mean, I think Michigan got the best of the three for sure. 
at least as far as things are now. Okay. Um, I think McCarthy's a better prospect than Buchner and McCord. You know, and uh, all three are really good prospects, though. I'm not crapping on anybody. I'm just saying, like, I would take if, – if you had to choose one based off of their sophomore output, their film, I mean, I would take McCarthy for sure. So, uh, however it happened, I, who really cares? You know, okay. if you're Michigan. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's like uh, you know, but again, the ball really started rolling with McCord and Ohio State. I mean, I, I always thought McCord was preferred preferred Ohio State to begin with. Uh, Michigan had offered him too. I don't think Michigan was ever a factor uh, between McCord and then his teammate in high school, who's actually Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Uh, both had the hunch that both of those guys really liked Ohio State. When McCarthy visited Ohio State, I think Will Fong had put in a crystal ball there. I wanted to see how his Michigan visit went because, like I said, I got a, had a strong hunch that Michigan was really going to impress. And it was only after McCarthy's visit to Michigan and the crystal ball started to roll in that you saw McCord's crystal ball really start to go Ohio State. Uh, logic to me says that means that Ohio State maybe caught wind that McCarthy was maybe preferred in Michigan. Okay. You know, um, that's the way I'd look at it. I don't care if, like, somebody says that's, like, a homer take on it. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think that's kind of the way things played out. I think Michigan just impressed him more, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you always take that, you know, right. with a guy of this caliber. Okay. So, yeah, no, that's maybe so, I guess, I don't know, maybe Michigan caught a couple tiny breaks, you know, because I do think Notre Dame probably would have been a contender. But they took Buchner really early, uh, as they should, because he is a good prospect. Like it's not a guy you say no to just to take the chance that another guy might say yes. So, well, and McCarthy, uh, I mean, he had a dominant sophomore year, but I think it was the opening regional a few weeks ago that really, I mean, that's why all of our national experts have this opinion of him. It seems like, yes. I mean, they all seem to reference that how he blew them away. So. Right, and quarterbacks that quarterbacks one of those spots where I think t-shirt and short stuff can be a little bit more meaningful, uh, just because okay. you can just see how the ball comes out of a guy's hand. You know, not so much. Yeah, you can't see like a, how they do against like the rush that type of deal, but it's just as far as pure arm talent, you can see a lot when you watch guys throw. Well, and, and he, so, he has both factors. Right. 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 So. Right. so yep. So yeah, big one. Yeah. Uh, we'll let Barton and and me, I guess, discuss the rest of it uh, with about 10 minutes to go in this podcast if you really just want to listen to McCarthy talk. Uh, but 2020 recruiting, you mentioned, you think down the road or you know in the near future, the commits might start coming. I know last year, um, I think they had a couple more commits in the class at this point, but it was really the summer that, that it ended up being you know double-digit commits. I think they had seven in one week at one point. Um, so anything new, anything to watch? Are there, are there relevant visits coming up? I know, I know school's out for, and they're, they're coming back from South Africa. School's out, so the coaches aren't doing any practice or anything like that. I mean, is there, is there stuff on the near horizon or what's new in 2020? Well, I mean, they took the trip. Right. Which is a big big recruiting deal I know we talked about I think that was last week we kind of covered that a little bit but mm-hmm. you know coming out of it you know there was a lot of you know they they max they 
always done a good job of maximizing that trip on the recruiting trail. And it's like, I think, uh, I don't know if it was Nick Baumgartner or somebody, it's like, you know, I, who cares if that's what the aim of it is? It's still really beneficial for the team. It can be <laughs> right. cool and not like be a problem, right? So, you know, I, I, again, I, I still think the trip is a bigger benefit on the recruiting trail than I realized. Um, so, you know, it's like they're sending out stuff with guys, sending stuff out to guys, videos, that type of stuff. It's kind of cool, you know, that they, uh, you know, they get a FaceTime when you're on a safari, <laughs> you know, something like yeah. that, you know, type deal. So. You know, so there's that aspect of things. I don't know, a couple of the bigger story. I mean, relatively speaking, uh, more significant storylines recently, probably Justin Rogers, Oak Park, five-star is going to make a verbal on May 20th. It's not going to be Michigan. Okay. Those who are still <laughs> clinging on to that 1% chance because he took some visits over the winter. Um, I, I don't know if that'll be it for him. Uh, my instinct says it won't be. Yeah, I was gonna say this. I but, mean, <laughs> but I don't. Right, but I don't think. I, I would be surprised if that eventually went to Michigan's benefit, though. If that makes sense. Like, he's definitely. If he verbals on the twentieth, like he's supposed to right now, it will not be to Michigan. If he opens it back up again, I just don't. At least as things stand, just based on everything I know, I just don't anticipate that Michigan would be the benefactor there, if you, you understand. So um, so there's that, which, again, um, in-state recruiting is way very low on the, any, the totem pole of any complaints I think fans should have as far as recruiting goes, um, especially, especially when you consider the misses that people would want to continually point at Three of them are offensive linemen, and Michigan's offensive line recruiting is in a better spot than it's been in since I can that I can remember. Yeah, so no, that's that's true. You know, I don't think Michigan cares if the kid lives in Cape Town, South Africa, <laughs> if he can play football. You know, and mm-hmm. so they've done a really good job in getting uh, recruiting their offensive line. So it's one of those spots where I don't think it's like the end of the world to miss on. So. That's one. I know one uh, top guy that's visiting next weekend, Van Fillinger, the four-star uh, defensive lineman out of Utah who has, like, a deep connection to Michigan. I, I think they still have 100%. Yeah, they still have 100% of the crystal balls there. I think that's a deal where if, as long as Michigan, as long as he's still high enough on Michigan's board, I, I just think they'll be in the driver's seat, especially after a strong visit. Um you know, the Braden McGregor recruitment is still kind of heating up there. Looks like it's still Michigan or Notre Dame. Michigan still leads the crystal ball. Uh, you know, he's, in my opinion, still the top overall target in the class for them. Uh, not a must. I'm not a big, big believer in the term must get, uh, but he would be a very welcome addition. Um, again, his composite is just it's not even close to like his comp- he's still 202 in the composite oh never mind sorry he's 87 now he must have got a big bump in the composite oh that's right our top targets page still doesn't work <laughs> i keep forgetting about that no that's what i'm going off of and i'm realizing that it still doesn't work right so, so with mcgregor you said you said michigan leads in the crystal ball um is that still reflective of how things are i mean are they still in the pole position or has notre dame continued to to kind of 
Um, draw even. So Notre, Dame's in a, Notre Dame's in an interesting spot right now in a good way for them is that they've already gotten their top, their other two big targets on the defensive line. Like, I don't think it's a huge need for them in this class. Okay. But they've already gotten their other two guys, and so now they can kind of put the full court press mm. on McGregor, right? You know, Michigan still working on a lot of different guys. So, it, you know, you have to – can only devote – you only have so much time in the day to devote your resources – you know, in that regard, with Notre Dame, they can put maybe a little more effort. Not effort, not saying that Michigan's not putting in full effort, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. uh, plus, you have two other commits. You know, they. I feel like the the sense I've gotten on the Notre Dame side is that they're really pitching these three guys playing together. So now you have Riley Mills just committed to Notre Dame is all over McGregor now himself. Um, you know, so there's that aspect. Again, I don't think recruits recruiting other guys is ever a real big factor if he chooses Notre Dame or he chooses Michigan it's because that's where he wants to go not because he'll get the chance to play with somebody that he may have stood next to on an unofficial six months ago um, you know or texted three times you know so you know but but it, but there is that allure uh, you know they've done a good, like both schools have done a really good job in this recruitment I just uh, still feel pretty good about Michigan right now but I do know it's like not a lock at this point, and it, I've, okay. you know, I don't think anybody, any of us, have ever said it was a lock. I know Michigan was in a coming out of one of his unofficials. I think Michigan was in a really, really good spot, but I just think Notre Dame has continued to kind of work, and uh, you know they're right in it. It's, it's going to be a pretty good one. So, okay, uh, trying to think. Uh, well, and then AJ Henning visited this weekend too. Will Fong came in with the crystal ball shortly afterwards. He's, I don't know if he's there top overall offensive target but he could be uh i don't think receiver is the need that running back might be but henning kind of personifies that speed and space deal maybe more than anybody else they're recruiting okay so uh, a strong visit there is a big big deal um you know will fong uses the crystal ball as more of a pulse which he's he has to make clear basically every time he puts a prediction in but either way, I think Michigan probably running one or two there. I don't think he's in any hurry, though, so might be a little ways to go there. Gotcha. But, but, you know, kind of one of your standard, hey, they really, really, really impressed a top target when he came to campus type situations. So, okay. How has the yeah, – no, um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to think, I mean, 2018, a lot, of, a lot of guys that they saw as like, hey, as a redshirt sophomore, you'll be a part of – you know, you'll make an impact – 2019 it seemed like it was a lot of they like completely didn't even pay attention to what other people thought of players and they were just going for these guys that end up rising I guess what is the class looking like for 2020 I mean did another year being in New Year's Six Bowl winning 10 games did it did it kind of help get their foot in some more doors I mean are things are top prospects pretty i mean has anything changed from a year ago in recruiting i'm just thinking like big picture heading into this summer as as these visits and i assume commitments will start happening is there anything anything for fans to keep in mind regarding what this 2020 class could be will look like um seems like now we're at the spot where the classes aren't going to vary in size that much like they used to uh during the rich rod brady hoke and couple years there under Harbaugh it seems like it's going to be roughly the same size year in year out I mean is there any 
Anything fans should keep in mind regarding this class specifically that might be different from 2019? No, I think it's going to be a lot more like 19 than 18 was. Okay. As far as, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you talked about 18 as more of a, uh, it was a smaller class. They didn't have spots to sell. Yeah. Yeah, and they had recruited so many elite players in 16 and 17 that I think they felt, yeah, like you said, felt more comfortable taking some guys that might take some time. Um, 19 and 20, much more similar. I mean, they're going, but this, it's also, again, it's May. So, where there were some guys in 18 especially that maybe they missed on, uh, but at this time of the year, you're still going after the tip-top guys, not just in the, on the board, but maybe the ones who are like tipped up in the country. Uh, and then, and then you work down if you miss or if, you know, guy goes somewhere else or whatever, then you maybe work down your board a little bit more, but, okay. um, things are pretty standard right now, in my opinion. I mean, this again, yeah, they, uh, I think you'll see a lot of guys who will want a verbal sometime this summer, you know? And so that when you get to like August, you'll have a much better idea of like, or July or August, like you'll have a much better idea of kind of where the class is heading into the season, you know. And then, yeah, the season still is always the big indicator. You know, if they have a big year, then the 19 class or the 2020 class is going to be a really good one for them. If they struggle, you know, it won't be as good. I mean, it's just it's not that complicated, right? Um, you know, like I, and like I said, with the early on uh, early official visit period, just a lot more verbals that come in. Uh, because these guys have been recruited for a long time to begin with, and a lot of them want to get the process over with. So okay, cool. All right. Well, thank you to Steve Lorenz for for joining in, offering some recruiting insight. Now we're going to turn it over to, well, I guess not turn it over. Here is an interview that I did with Barton Simmons, uh, director of scouting with Twenty Four Seven Sports, talking about JJ McCarthy and a little bit of what's next in the twenty twenty one class. All right. So, so you've got him nineteenth. Overall, you got a 95 rating. I know it's early. There's a lot to go, but but what what immediately stands out about his game? Well, I think the the first box you have to check at quarterback evaluations to me is is production, um, and he he was productive. You know, he he was dominant. Um, he's he's the best player on the field uh, as a sophomore, and led his team to a state championship game and, and was did it with his arm and with his legs and uh, that's yeah it's a, that's a simple um, outlook but I think it's it's really important and and you can't compromise that and he just is he just is accurate and productive and can do it with his arm and his legs and uh, in today's game uh, where quarterbacks need to be able to play outside the pocket mm-hmm. and show athleticism and throw off platform and use arm different arm angles i think those are all things he's really capable of um just f- athletically speaking and uh and he's just a he's just a dominant football player uh and so that that really i think was was eye-opening when we really did a, a true audit of the the quarterback landscape for mm-hmm. the 2021 class. He he really jumped out in that regard. So he is from Illinois area. I mean, that's not necessarily Texas. You know, the production might be a little different than it would be if you were doing it in 
you know, the high class in Florida or Georgia or Texas. Is there is there any thought to that when you're when you're looking at it, or or is he just he just still stands out uh, no matter who he's playing against? Yeah, I mean, particularly for I, I think a lot of the young guys. I mean, when you look in the class of 2021 at the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, Preston Stone is putting up huge numbers in the state of Texas, but he's doing it against private school competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock Vandegrift is putting up huge numbers in the state of Georgia, but he's doing it against small school competition. Um, I mean, there's certainly, a, you know, the uh, Bryce Young out of the class of 2020 has been putting up huge numbers at modern day, um, but he's doing it with, with elite talent around him. So right. I think... There's there's context that can be added to all of these guys, um, and so I think you, you certainly can't just look blindly at the numbers and say this is why we like this guy. But it's a good indicator, um, and and I think when you watch the film and you watch what he's doing athletically, the arm talent, the accuracy, uh, I think I think the complete picture is is pretty compelling. Okay, and then 2021, obviously, these are not finished products. You know, these guys are still going to change their game, change their frame. A lot's going lot's gonna to happen. Where do you see, where do you think he can grow the most uh, as he heads to his junior and then senior year? I, I just think the natural maturation um, physically is probably the, the area where I would expect the most growth. Um, and, and probably where I would hope there's the most growth. I think that if, if there's a, a real knock, it's he's a, he's a little more slight of frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with him just being a rising junior, just finishing his sophomore season, that to me is is a very minor concern. Um, okay. But Spencer Rattler, who was the number one quarterback in the 2019 class, uh, was that was a concern after his sophomore year and by January of his senior year he was 210 pounds okay. and so there's I just think kids are going to grow and they're going to develop and they're going to mature uh, and are they a natural enough athlete uh, and, and have enough innate um, arm talent to where that growth is going to be functional and natural uh i i I see that um as a real reasonable uh trajectory for for mccarthy um and so uh so we'll we'll be monitoring that right and i'll be very interested in seeing where his body goes from here but uh as as we sit here today I think it's it's nothing to be worried about, and it's if anything, you know, we like guys that, that kind of uh, aren't early uh, early developers, and, and more guys that can grow into their frame. Mm-hmm. So, Mich- I mean, we don't, you know, we haven't seen Michigan's new look offense just yet. Uh, obviously, there's been hints here and there, and this is we're gonna have two seasons of it before he even steps on campus. But what? What do you see, I guess, regarding Michigan and the fit that he has there and, and some of the quarterbacks Harbaugh's developed, but also uh, some of the players that Josh Gaddis and, and some of these other guys have worked with? I guess, what do you, what do you like about the fit with uh, McCarthy and Michigan? Yeah, I think, I mean, 
I certainly like the fit a lot better with what what I think Gaddis's offense is going to look like mm-hmm. than maybe the the more traditional uh, Michigan offense. I think you know JJ has a lot of the Shea Patterson qualities um, in terms of his versatility uh, and ability to sort of play fast, play. Um, uh, you know, just sort of play to that uh, that spread element that's being incorporated, um, and so it's and, and you know, but I, I feel like um, you know whether it was Dylan McCaffrey, even Brandon Peters to a certain degree, mm-hmm. uh, it's not as if Michigan is averse to or has been averse to sort of athletic versatile quarterbacks um i think that jj is just another um is, is another iteration of that and and probably is a is, is more of the shea patterson mold and i think you know uh has a chance to be you know even better uh i think he has that kind of upside and then i mean comparables are tricky but are, are there certain traits that that you see in JJ that you've seen in other prospects or, you know, in the past, or even, uh, you know, guys who have gone on to the next level or succeeded in college or the pros are there for, for the fans, are there certain traits that you think resemble other quarterbacks? You talking about specifically like some specific comparisons? Yeah. I mean, what, who does he remind you of? Is there anyone that, that stands out? Um, I'm bad at that on the spot. <laughs> I, I, Fair enough. I, 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 I don't, I don't have one teed up um but I, I mean i'll say this i think he is a modern he's a modern quarterback okay. um he is he, he's a modern quarterback in his in his traits um and in that sense is you know there's no we, we don't get the quarterbacks anymore that are um six foot four yeah. 225 pounds <laughs> and just stand in the pocket and sling it i think you have to be a guy that has a, a quick compact delivery that can operate inside and outside the pocket uh and can be a little more malleable uh and that to me is what he is okay. and and so i, I think um i think he has a uh, traits here and there that that are uh that are kind of mirror a lot of the really good quarterbacks that we're you know we're seeing get drafted these days yeah absolutely and then you've seen these classes over the years you know certain classes have these identities they come together is there a benefit in from what you've seen uh to getting a quarterback especially a high caliber quarterback like jj is there a benefit to getting them this early in the in the recruiting cycles i mean he's got two full years before he even steps on campus yeah, I, I think that's a huge benefit. Uh, I, I think um, you know, getting getting. I mean, I think it's critical, honestly. I mean, to, to get your quarterback locked up early, and, it, and 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 when you're fortunate enough to get a really good one like that, uh, and and whose sort of national profile is only going to rise, kids will want to be a part of that. Um, I mean, we've already this this camp cycle. Um, you know, he was at the opening regional um, and blew our guys away that saw him in person in terms of sort of his consistency and accuracy. And um, the more 
you know, the more he he goes to these sort of national events with a Michigan hat on and, and a Michigan towel or whatever, right. <laughs> and, and kids are associate him with that Michigan class and see what he can do and see him shred defenses and, and defensive backs up. Uh, I think that's that, that's an allure to being part of that class, and so uh, it gives the class an identity. It gives the class a, kind of a point person, um, and 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 I think that's a really uh, under under underrated sort of element is is getting not only a quarterback committed early, but uh, if you can get a really good one committed early, I, I think that could be a real catalyst. All right, thanks very much to Barton Simmons and then also Steve Lorenz for the recruiting talk. Hopefully our recruiting heads out there really enjoyed it, but we're going to have some talk later on this week. It's going to be football-specific, looking at the best players, and uh, maybe a couple other topics as well. But for Steve Lorenz and 24-7 Sports, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.